Hello, Cryptonauts, and welcome back to another episode of Cryptocurrency Chat. I'm hosting today. This is Jake Jabarelli instead of John. We don't know where John is, but hopefully he'll join us. Also, today here is Cryptolissa. How are you doing, Lissa? I'm good. How are you? I think John decided to ghost us today. <laughs> I don't think he did. I, I know that sometimes he forgets about the time that we're recording, uh, but sometimes he's also traveling. I'm not disappointed by John doing any traveling. It's good to see him. Let him go see his godson out in uh, Sinjil Valley. So um, let me just get over here to CoinGecko, as you're probably already looking at on your screen. I'm going to do a quick refresh since the prices are constantly changing, and they've been going down as of late. You can probably see out here in this last seven days here for Bitcoin that there is a big hump in the middle of the week, and that was the announcement from Joe Biden about the crypto rules that he was implementing, and then not 24 hours later, <laughs> it went right back down again. So I don't know why the market didn't appreciate his announcement. Anyways, uh, so Bitcoin, of course, is in the number one position, uh, as it has been, I think, since crypto started. <laughs> and its current market dominance is just about 40.7%, and its current price is 38.715.54, a 2% loss over the last week, and a market cap of $734.9 billion. Ethereum is in second place, as it has been for almost ever. Uh, its market dominance has also fallen a little bit below 20% to 17%. Current price, 2548 uh, A f week long loss here of 4.5%, and a market cap of $305.7 billion. Tether, of course, uh, being a stable coin, doesn't move. Uh, its uh, current volume is 80.1 billion. Binance is in the fourth position at 370.16, a seven-day loss of 4%, and a market cap of 62.2 billion. USD coin, another stable coin, is currently, of course, still at $1 because it's stable. Uh, its uh, current market cap is at 52.4 billion. In sixth place, Ripple has managed to steal back its previous position from Terra, <laughs> uh, rising 4% over the last week to a market cap of $37.8 billion, its current price of $78.7 cents. Terra has fallen just a tiny bit back to 7th position, but isn't that far away from XRP, about $4 billion. Current price, $88.90, 7-day uh, gain of 1.8%, and a current market cap of $33.1 billion. Solana is in 8th position at a price of $79.68. Uh, a unfortunate double-digit loss of 11.3% over the last week and a $25.7 billion current market cap. Cardano, which has fallen a lot lately, but uh, is still in the top 10 at position 9, is currently at about $0.80, cents, a, a week-long loss of 7.6%, and a current very, very, very close to Solana value at 25.704. So just to make the comparison, Solana is at 25.733 as of right now, and Cardano is at 25.704. It's very close there when it comes to hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> and then Polkadot, interestingly enough, has kicked Avalanche out of the top 10th position, and it's now at the 10th position at $17.84, a 4%, or probably 3.3% <clears throat> gain in a market cap of $19.4 And then, of course, as I've always mentioned, the, the following five after that, Avalanche, currently in 11th, Binance in 12th, Doge, or pardon me, Binance USD, which is a stable coin, 
Doge in 13th, Terra in 14th, and Shiba Inu is falling yet again. He is in fifth, 15th place. <clears throat> uh, that meme coin. I know Do Doge is the original meme coin, but Shiba Inu, despite its me meteoric rise, is, is falling again. But I guess it's falling at the same pace as Doge. <clears throat> so those are your top 10 plus a few more. Uh, the current market cap for everything of the entire market with its 13,000 plus coins is $1.806 trillion, a fall in the last 24 hours of about 1.2%. And if you haven't already, I highly recommend collecting your candies. I'm not currently logged into this account because this is a separate private, a private uh, browser account. But if you'd like to collect your candies, I recommend checking that out with CoinGecko. And picking up all those candies that you can, you can collect, you know, if you make sure to log in every single day and check every single day, you'll get increasing amounts. But you can use those candies for things, as you can see down here below, um, discounts, uh, NFTs, uh, books. Um, they have this candy collector NFT badge, which I highly recommend. It's not very expensive. If you've been collecting for, you know, more than a couple weeks, you could probably get this one. Um, there have been other giveaways in the past, swag bags. All kinds of neat things just for paying attention to CoinGecko on a regular basis if you're checking all the time. So uh, I'd like to mention that uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you uh, checking out our channel. Um, if you like it, we would appreciate a, a thumbs up. And uh, if you'd like to hear more, we're uh, broadcasting every Wednesday and Sunday. Today is Sunday. And uh, you can check us out on Discord, our Discord channel, and our server, rather, and see, you know, what's going on with us. We've got a lot of different coins. We're talking about it on a regular basis in there. Uh, I know I talk about Dynamo a lot. Uh, Hedera and Raven are others that we talk about on a regular basis. Um, but you can also collect the C3 Media token if you come in and uh, join with us on Discord. You can also check us out on Patreon, and there is uh, additional interview information there. And if you'd like to help the channel out you can donate in uh, cryptocurrency versions of bitcoin ethereum binance bat or basic attention token and raven hopefully in the future dynamo as well so let's get on to the news lissa would you like to start yes i will and this first article is written by arun servastov uh, support for Ukraine doesn't undermine other wars, Vitalik Buterin. Vitalik Buterin on Wednesday uh, wedded his support for Ukraine against the Russian invasion. He, he said similar wars may be raging on in other parts of the world, but that doesn't mean people should stop caring about the Ukrainians or vice versa. In a tweet Wednesday morning, Ethereum's co-founder said, quote, Ukrainians are far from the only ones suffering right now. Also, people in Yemen, Ethiopia, just as humans, as, as Ukrainians, and you are. This is not a valid excuse not to care about Ukrainians today, but it does mean we should self-reflect and extend our compassion to others, too. This adds to the string of support that the cryptocurrency proponent has been showing towards Ukraine ever since the war broke out. The latest tweet followed his reply to a tweet that asked European universities to accept Russian students who have been punished for protesting against the Putin regime. 
Uterin had replied to Anton Barbashian, editorial director of Riddle Russia, a new site where he said, quote, it would be an amazing gesture if a European university would openly welcome Russian students kicked out for protesting the war in Russia, signaling that Europe stands with those in Russia that oppose Putin and oppose the war, that not all Russians are treated as Putin and company, end quote. Replying to this, Buterin noted that priority should be on supporting Ukrainians and after that supporting people who oppose Putin's regime and decisions. Earlier, on February 24th, Buterin famously proclaimed that, reminder, Ethereum is neutral, but I am not. Before this tweet, he said, Marjorie's thought said in Russian that before this tweet he had said in Russian that President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine was a crime against the Ukrainian and Russian people. However, Buterin's tweet did not go uncontested. Some pointed out that while true Western media fails to reflect the conflicts in other countries as directly as that in Ukraine, other Twitter users dug out on a 2017 Forbes news story that said that Putin had endorsed Ethereum after a meeting with Buterin. <laughs> yeah. And, sorry, guys. I'm a mom to a four-year-old who's a little crazy in the afternoons. So well, that's what we get today. <laughs> you're a mom, and that means you, you have kids. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting one of the points that's not made in this article, but is probably important to note, is that for the last 15 years, um, the Western societies and, and nations have been putting up with Putin and all of his insane ramblings. Now, I'm not saying that everything he says is crazy, but he's been uh, passing a narrative about Ukraine. And obviously in 2014, he took over Crimea, which was part of Ukraine. Um, and he's been trying to get this narrative going for a very long time because he's kind of an old guy who believes in the, you know, USSR perspective. Um, and, you know, the Russian is its own superpower and needs to be, uh, different from the West. I mean, the whole point of NATO was in a, in a sense to conquer Russia and he doesn't like that because he's Russian. Um, but it's still an old thought. And we've been putting up with him, and, and obviously Buterin, who's who's uh, Eastern European, um, has been, uh, uh, you know, would would have interfaced with Putin at some point or another before Putin did something so horrific as he has recently done. Um, not that he wasn't doing things bad before; he was persecuting, uh, you know, people who were opposing him within the, his his own country. Um, and throwing people in jail, and now it's just become far worse. Um, so yeah, it. I wouldn't fault Buterin for having done this, but I will take an example from um, from the one of the founders of Google, uh, Sergey Brin, who is Russian, moved to the U.S. when he was a kid, but um, he doesn't like Russia, and he st he stood up against Russia ever since he started Google. So he's never taken a pro-Russian 
stance, um, unlike Buterin, who has. So it's kind of like, you know, I know that Buterin's trying to be neutral in the sense of his, um, uh, you know, having created, helped create Ethereum. Um, but it's hard to take a stance against a world leader. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, I mean, one thing I, I think is funny to say about people who find themselves thrust into the, the position of being a world voice like Buterin has, um, you know, because he's he created something that everyone in the world uses, um, is they have to suddenly become political and they don't necessarily want to be. And I know Buterin actually made that comment several years ago. He's like, I never thought that this would, I thought it would affect the world, but I wouldn't realize the world would affect me. I'm not quoting him directly, but it's something that he effectively said. Yeah. So continuing on with other Ukrainian news, pardon me, from George Georgiev. Ukraine Vice uh, Prime Minister Fedorov, or is it Prime? I don't know what it is. Yes, Prime Minister. Yes, correct. Asked, um, asked Tether to stop transactions to Russians. So, Mikhailo, uh, Mikhailo, or I'm going to it means Mike, Michael Fedorov, uh, the, who is the vice PM of Ukraine, continuing to quest to spread political and economic sanctions against Russia as much as possible, the Ukrainian vice prime minister, Mikhailo uh, Fedorov, asked Tether to halt servicing Russians. Mikhail Fedorov, the vice president. Okay, so we already said that part. Today, the entire democratic world has united against Russia to punish the bloody invaders economically. I call on Tether and Paolo Ardoino, CTO, to stop any transactions with the Russians for peace. While some supported his request, others revoked, claiming that censorship in any shape or form is exactly what cryptocurrencies stand against. Tether hasn't yet com- commented on the matter officially. In late February, Fedorov asked uh, major cryptocurrency exchanges to stop servicing Russian cu- customers. Most of the venues failed to comply with his request, saying that, that they would if it came to a place of regulatory authority, or from, rather, regulatory. However, Coinbase, the leading U.S.-based cryptocurrency exchange, recently blocked over 25,000 addresses belonging to Russian customers. The company explained that all of them were somehow related or engaged in illegal activities. Now, this is a rather short article, but um, this is kind of the same thing that happened recently with Canada and the trucker convoy that was up there, um, and how centralized exchanges can be uh, regulated and and you know, changed, but anything that's decentralized, like just direct transfer of, of coin from person to person that can't be stopped. And that is, it is both a positive and negative. It's negative in the sense that you can't stop money laundering or people from doing things bad that need money. Um, but you also are being fair to everyone else. So it's like, it's a, I think I don't remember the article, maybe it was Fedorov who said it, it's a double-edged sword. You know, it cuts both ways, both for good and for bad. So I know he keeps keeps trying to get this to do do these things, but it's like unless you're a centralized exchange and you have authority over that centralized exchange because you're a nation, your nation has power. You know, if you don't have authority, you don't have authority. <laughs> yeah. 
it's, I don't know. I just, I mean, I understand, but I, I mean, ultimately it, the Russian people that don't want this going on, that they don't want this war, it's hurting them because now they have no means to even transact anything. So, um, it's a double-edged sword, no yeah. matter which way you put it. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to hurt Putin by hurting his people, but he doesn't care about his people. Exactly. <laughs> and so when, one thing is we would ho hope that this would bring about, even though it's a painful punishment toward, toward the Russian people themselves, is that they decide, if they have nothing, nothing more to live for, that they decide on their own to rise up against their own president, despite the fact that he may have a lot of people under his control. Um, I mean, it's like those are still Russians too. It's not like they're robots. Um, so those Russian people working for the military can also decide to throw a coup against their own president. Um, exactly. And if they decide they want to do that, then maybe they'll be able to stop Putin. But honestly, I think Putin has a lot of them snowed. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's a sad situation, no matter which way you put it. But with that, uh, let's go to going the 500 projects. Next, yep, on to the next one by George uh, Georgiev. Over 500 projects building on Fardano claims IOA, IOHK director, and the director there is Tim Tim Harrison. Cardano's network is reportedly attracting considerable interest or attracting considerable interest, at least according to the marketing and communications director of IOHK input output. Back in September 2021, Cardano went through one of the most important mainnet upgrades called Alonzo. It was part of the development cycle of Cardano, known as Gorgian era and the most important part of it was the integration of smart contracts. Since then the network went through other important upgrades and saw important developments being made. One of them was the first scaling solution based on ZK rollups orbs. In any case this has led to a multitude of projects building on card Cardano, according to IOHK's marketing and communications director, which again is Tim Harrison, in a LinkedIn post on March 11th, he said, the Cardano ecosystem continues to grow with now over 500 projects building on Cardano from NFT collections to DeFi lending and new wallets. Uh, props to all the IOG team that continues to drive the platform forward it has been a remarkable journey to get to here and kudos to the uh, innovative passionate community of builders that has brought this project so far we're really just getting started you know harrison also attached a pie graph of the purported projects and where they are focused showing that nft collections account for the lion's share yep it's good to see other um projects taking off that might be the reason that cardano picked up a bit of position on the top 10 chart 
Um, we need alternatives to Ethereum. I'm not saying Ethereum is ultimately bad, but it, it's gas costs and smart contract costs is utterly ridiculous. So, yes. Uh, we need things that make that more reasonable so that we can continue this ideal of NFTs and storage factors and basically making blockchain practical, not just for the rich. Because one of the things yeah. that John said in our last uh, uh, podcast the news is he wants to get back to trading uh, Ethermon, you know, the, the Pokemon on Ethereum. Uh, and the reason he stopped is because he can't afford just one one battle costing several hundred dollars. You know, he doesn't have that kind of money. Um, so he's really looking forward to coming back down and smart contract costs and transfer of Ethereum. Is, you know, transfer of Ethereum, when we were checking, we checked ETH gas station. It was like 11 cents, even for a fast transaction. But that's just moving Ethereum from one wallet to another, making a payment, not a transaction. A, a transaction yeah. like a, a, a smart contract transaction was still, could still be $10, $20. And it's just it's too much money. We're not we're not millionaires yet, <laughs> and even if yeah. we were, I I can't imagine spending a hundred dollars just to make one move in, in a Pokemon game. I just can't. Like I attack, and it's a hundred dollars. You attack, it's a hundred dollars. Just oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's... I I was in a space on Twitter last week, and this um this beautiful project wanted to start. And she said it was like $1,200 just to deploy the smart contract. That doesn't yep. even include minting or anything. That's just to deploy the smart yep. contract. Yeah, or just to, sign, like, just to sign up. You're like, oh, it's, oh, it's $100 just yeah. to sign up. No. <laughs> no, yeah. we're not I, giants I here. Was, yeah, and I was like, $1,200 just to start? It's yep. a little insane. I was yep. just like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. You're already in the red before starting your transaction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Especially if you're trying to play with relatively small amounts of money. That's the reason I, I like how Dynamo has already made this. Um, they're doing a, a game. I'm, I'm, not trying to plug, I'm not trying to plug the game. I'm just using it as an example. Um, Dynamo created a thing called Total Mayhem. Um, which is another Ethermon-like game. It's just using toads instead of uh, whatever monster you want to create. Um, so it's the same concept. You can mint, you can, um, uh, what is it, manufacture. There's all kinds of different aspects to the game, which is kind of interesting. But the cost of any kind of little min minor transaction is not just a fraction of a penny, but a fraction of a fraction of a penny. So cost-wise... Yeah. It could be like almost negligible. You could probably have a hundred different, you know, battles, and it you wouldn't even spend a dollar. Exactly. So, not to say that the Dynamo itself is worth all that much right now, but it's still relatively, not just relatively, but ridiculously inexpensive, which is the way that Ethereum was intended. So it's great to see this happening on Cardano because Cardano doesn't cost a lot to use, and in fact, even the Cardano coin itself isn't, you know, isn't expensive. So you can buy a lot of Cardano, use it very easily, and even fractional amounts of Cardano to make NFTs or trade NFTs isn't going to cost you an arm and a leg. So continuing on here with uh, the the uh, Bored Ape Yacht Club. Uh, again, George Georgiev. He apparently is writing all the articles this afternoon. <laughs> the Bored Ape Yacht Club, or BAYC, floor price skyrockets 25% as Yuga Labs buys CryptoPunks and MeBits collections. So, the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collection saw its for I just said this. The move comes following major developments. Yuga Labs, 
the company that took the responsibility for creating Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collections, revealed that they've acquired CryptoPunks and MeBits. In, in essence, Yuga Labs acquired the intellectual property rights to both series of NFTs. Today, we're excited to announce that Yuga has acquired the IP of CryptoPunks and MeBits NFT collections from Larva Labs. That means that we now own the, brown, the brands, copyright in the art, and other IP rights for both collections, along with 423 CryptoPunks and 1,711 MeBits. The team also explained that the first step will be to soon grant CryptoPunks and MeBits holders the same commercial rights that BAYC and MAYC owners enjoy. That's the, uh, was it MetaPunks and Board Ape Yacht? Uh, uh, it's Board Ape Yacht Club and Mutant. Mutant, that's yacht. right, Mutant Ape Yacht yeah, Club. Mutant, so it's the mutants yeah. and the boards. Uh, yeah. What this would mean is that developers would be able to incorporate crypto and MeBits into, rather CryptoPunks and MeBits into Web3-based projects. However, Yuga also revealed that, quote, we don't, uh, plan to do the is sh what we don't plan to do is shoehorn these NFT collections into the quote club model we've been developing or developed for uh, Board Ape Yacht. Not long after Board Ape uh, sales surged, as noted by the prominent NFT whale, uh, there were 14 sales in 90 minutes, which saw the floor for Apes skyrocket by 25% and is currently above 90 ETH. And here's the tweet. Yeah, that's very expensive. Not to say it wasn't expensive before. Yeah. So after four sales in the past four hours, BAYC floor is now 93.25 ETH after dropping to 68 ETH just five days ago. Who's got the alpha? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then again, make make that 14 sales in the last 90 minutes. Only one sale looks on looks rare, though why do people hate free money? Anyways, there's a tweet and an image. So yeah, there is... Uh, a big change here in Board Ape Yacht Club. It, it it is the most exclusive. Well, I'd say probably besides um, CryptoPunks, uh, but it's not really about the images. Obviously, it's about the uniqueness. It's about the uh, individuality. Despite the fact that everything is an individual and unique item, uh, they are still a very exclusive account. So it's kind of like being part of. And, and it is make it does make sense. It's a yacht club. Yacht clubs are not not cheap to get into. First, you have to own a yacht. Then you have to be part of the club. So <laughs> it's all about it's all about who can spend the most money, which you think would be a huge uh, what scam because it's like oh there's this group of people who decided to make this sale of things right who's making all the money here uh, the people who made the thing <laughs> exactly people oh, who but made the thing it's so exclusive <laughs> I'm part of the ex great you 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 do that you rich mofo <laughs> uh, I, I i don't i can't i said this before and i'll say it again not to that's a quote from um ferris bueller um i even if i had money as much as these people do i i still wouldn't buy a board a yacht club uh nft it, it's not interesting to me it's just it's it always makes me feel like Nuevo Riche people who are just like, oh, well, it's the most exciting thing. I have to be part of this club. Be your own club. You know? Yeah. <laughs> be your own person. But, why, do, why do you have to be part of this club? I, I guess everybody else is just a bunch of lemmings. <laughs> hey, we need to yeah. make lemmings. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> uh, now, the, the, the one I would be a part of is World of Women. Now, that one is going places, and... I mean, I would not buy a board ape ever. I don't think. Uh, 
only to right. probably flip it. But. I will say that I did swap out my avatar, but I did it with Raven NFT, not uh, Ethereum NFT. I have a, um, um, what are they called? The Panda Club. The Panda... Uh, uh, I can't think of what they're called, uh, but they are pandas, and I like pandas. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I bought a I bought a, a panda on the NFTs of the, of the panda collection because I liked it. I thought it was cute. I actually like the image more than the fact that it's an NFT. I don't care that it's an NFT. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, and we actually have a different different author this time and yeah. it's Shyamika Decca yep. and Singapore to tax income generated from NFT transactions. Singapore's income tax treatment will be determined based on the nature and use of the NFT. According to the latest report by the Business Times, Singapore Finance Minister Lawrence Wong, while addressing the parliament, revealed that the prevailing income tax rules will apply to the income derived from non-fungible tokens uh, or NFT transactions or trading in it. Due to the absence of a capital tax uh, regime in Singapore, individuals uh, deriving capital gains from the NFT transactions will not be taxable, Wong clarified. The news comes amid the recent tax changes that many analysts believe will help in reducing inequality, strengthening the social compact, aiding longer-term spending. Earlier in January this year, Singapore officials had cautioned the citizens in terms of decisions related to digital investment vehicles, especially in the nascent sectors of NFTs and metaverse, despite being often uh, touted as the next crypto hub in Asia. Singapore had urged global regulators to exercise greater control over digital investments. It had revealed closely exploring the risk associated with technologies such as blockchain, decentralized finance, NFTs, and the metaverse. Last month, Singapore's central bank said it will not regulate the NFT market. Responding to a parliamentary question on re regulating NFT activities, Tharman Shanmugam. Yeah, it's a, just say Tharman. Tharman yeah. uh, S. Tharman, yeah. <laughs> Senior Minister and Minister in Charge of Monetary Authority of Singapore, Mas, had stated uh, MAS does not and cannot possibly regulate all things or products that people choose to invest their money in. We consider their substance of an asset when addressing whether a product or activity should come under a MAS regulatory remit. MAS does not currently regulate NFTs given the nature of their underlying assets, such as the few examples earlier. This is also the stance taken by most other leading jurisdictions, end quote. While asking consumers to exercise extreme caution, Plumman revealed that Moss had opted for a tech-neutral stance and added that it looks, though... Through. 
look through. Oh, sorry, through. I was like, what? Looks <laughs> through to the underlying features of the token to determine if it is to be regulated by the regulatory authority. An NFT will be subjected to uh, most regulatory requirements if it has the characteristics of a capital markets product under the Securities and Futures Act. Meanwhile, Ravi Men Menon, Managing Director of the uh, MOS, had earlier revealed that the city-state has no plans to ban Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies as it can be a vital player in the uh, digitized future. Yeah, it's good to see. It's really good to see that that he's taking the stance of, or that they're taking a stance as a whole as saying, we're not going to tax NFTs. Sorry. You know, if you make money on this, it's not the same thing. Uh, obviously, it's a it's a pro, it's a promotional stance to say that they're going to go from, into that position of saying, yes, we believe in NFTs. We believe in cryptocurrencies. We think this is good for us. And Singapore is a, it's a you know, international city that, that holds value in the in the international community. They are they have long since been a um, a uh, commerce hub for the world too. So it's good to see their finance minister saying <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with NFTs and we you should definitely invest in them. Yes. So. I, uh, the thing I, I think John would probably bring up at this point, I don't know, it doesn't, it wasn't mentioned. We don't have a, a CBDC mentioning in here, but everybody seems to be going to this except the U.S. And that's, as I've, I've said before, is that uh, it's not the CBDCs in the U.S. I, I think it will eventually happen. It's just not. It's going to be a while. We're going to be wandering in the desert before we figure that part out. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, most most nations are recognizing the value of e-money electronic payment systems not that we don't really have that but something that, that the government itself of that country can control better um and i mean the one thing i think that all governments are seeing the value of, of crypto itself is the fact that they can stay they have much more insight into what their citizens are spending and they want to know that <laughs> yeah they all want to know what people or as money, people's money is going in if you're using the cbdc they're gonna see it Right now, with cash, they don't see it until you pay your taxes. If you pay your taxes, um, exactly. Um, they do see some of it from the you know back in transactions of, of companies that use electronic payment, but they don't they don't get the full like if you just use the CBDC as cash and everyone in the in the country can use the CBDC, uh, you know the same way the way that China has set theirs on there it's up to do then they'll see every single transaction and, and they'll know e almost every single person who's making a transaction. So it's very much in the interest of a government uh, to use the CBDC for their primary currency technique. Um, and I'm not saying it's all bad. Obviously, the one thing everybody looks at is privacy. Like, well, and then the government gets to see everything you do. And I say, yeah, that's fine. As long as they don't want to collect taxes on me, I don't mind that. The thing that is they don't need, they don't need to know what I'm doing they just want to know because they're nosy. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, I, 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 I don't, how do I put it exactly? Um, it's, it's a, yeah, here's another two-edged sword. I don't remember the name of the guy. It was a guy who used to be the CEO of Google said, if you've got nothing to hide, you have nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And that can be said two two ways. That is, if you're a good person and you never do anything wrong on purpose, like you're never deliberately doing something wrong, then, yeah, you have nothing to worry about because you're not doing anything wrong. But the, the, the two-edged side of that is uh, if you're doing nothing wrong, you have nothing to worry about because, hint, hint, you're a good person. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not everybody is, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it was also McCarthyism that said that that uh, McCarthy said this when he was doing all his his uh, you know Red Scare stuff back in the in the thirties. He was you know he was getting on people's cases like, are you a are you a true member of a party of you know you know are you, basically are you a Nazi or are you a communist? Yeah. And and or even what communism was what he was looking for, but. Um, and he, he, you know, he persecuted a lot of people. The only modern version of that is, I think, what is it? Um, uh, was it Order of the Phoenix, the Harry Potter story? Um, yeah. Where they're, they're persecuting, or maybe it's, it, was, it was the last book, wasn't it? It was... Um, uh, yeah, it was the last one, I think. Yeah, it, was, it was the first of the two movies of the last book where they start persecuting witches and wizards for whether or not they actually are witches and wizards. And and, uh, and they're like, you know, you're not a real witch. And they're like, no, I, I am a real. No, no, you're you're not a real witch because they were t- basically trying to persecute them. And it's the same thing as McCarthyism. It's like it's, it's it's been a long time since McCarthyism was a normal or was a you know prevalent thing in in, in the news. Um, but that's McCarthyism. It's the same thing. It's persecuting people, trying to ferret out a lie that doesn't exist. So. Um, anyways, I guess what I'm trying to say about this with this finance minister is I approve of it. I think it's this. I'm not trying to get off the topic by saying it. I'm just saying that governments are nosy. They like to know what their people are doing. So, anyways, uh, I think that's all the news we got for this week. Uh, we'll probably be picking this up, up again on Wednesday, uh, as we do every Sunday and Wednesday. Um, if you've been listening this entire time, we appreciate that you're still here, still listening to us at the end of the show. Uh, a lot of people trail off by this point, but uh, I w- if you're still here, I'd appreciate a like if you haven't already liked the content we've provided. And you can, like I said, check us out on these two days, Wednesdays and Sundays. And, uh, uh, you know, come join us on uh, Discord. Talk to us in- directly instead of just listen to us yammer on like I am currently doing. <laughs> so um, thank you all for coming. And we'll say, as John always does, Stack sats and hodl. Adios.